0: Father, have your way, speak through your servant, and bless your people like never before. Thank you, Spirit of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So please take your seat, share it now. Make sure you share it, share it to all your social media platforms, and let people hear the wisdom of God. Amen. So tonight, I'm concluding the series on the Wellspring of Wisdom. Next week we have a three-day fasting and prayer, beginning from Wednesday to Friday. It is called uh, "Arise and Build" fasting and prayer. Then the week after, that, the week after that, we begin our maximum, maximum productivity conference series where I'm going to share with you some key things and some powerful things. Can we have the children controlled so that... Yeah. So I'm going to share with you how to unleash your potentials. I'm going to show you that you are bigger, stronger, and mightier than you think you are. And I'll show you how you can become very productive in life using biblical principles. But tonight... Let me conclude on the seven pillars of wisdom. Let me conclude the uh, west spring of wisdom on the title, The Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Turn with me quickly to Proverbs chapter 9 and the verse 1. Proverbs chapter 9 and the verse 1. The Bible says that wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. Wisdom has built her house she has set up its seven pillars so wisdom is the builder and wisdom builds on seven pillars strong pillars for those of you who are builders here engineers here i'm a layman let me um but i've been involved in a number of projects that are mine and i've been observing one of the most important aspects of construction is the foundation The foundation has what we call columns. From the layman's language, I'll say that the columns are the pillars of the foundation. The whole building, the weight of the building is carried by what is called pillars. The weightier the building, the stronger and bigger the pillars. So there are different iron rods that are put in these pillars some depend on the size of the building you can put in what we call the 20 mm some you can put in um 16 mm or 18 mm depending on how high your building is going but the pillars are very important because it's what gives support to the building so the strength of the building it's not determined by its outward beauty, but by its hidden foundation. So, years ago, when we started having est- private people developing estates, there was a particular estate that was so beautiful, people rushed in and bought the estates. Months later, people who bought them started experiencing cracks in the buildings. And then it was discovered that The columns and the foundations that were made were very weak. And therefore, it could not support the weight of the building. And that was why there were those cracks coming in. Recently, there was a story of a man, a very successful man, who went to his site. They were having a story building. He just went in and the building collapsed on him. Weak pillars. Weak pillars. Now, the cracks you find in your life, Are traceable to the pillars that are supporting the weight on you in life there are lots of weights on us they come in different ways financial weights marital weights uh, occupational weights uh, academic weights when these weights begin to weigh on your life if your pillars are not strong it begins to crack. Your life begins to crack. I want to show you seven pillars that is able to give you firm foundations in life that don't matter the weight on you, you will survive and you will win. Amen. So are you ready for this journey? Seven pillars. I'm going to try to do it very snappy. So they are called the seven pillars of wisdom. Let me repeat our introductory scripture, Proverbs nine, verse one. Wisdom has built her house. She has set it up. She has set up its seven pillars. Now, when you go to Proverbs eight, the verse twelve and the verse fourteen, we are not reading the verse thirteen. We can see these seven pillars there. Bible said I wisdom dwell together with prudence. So pillar number one, prudence. I possess knowledge. Pillar number two, knowledge. And discretion. Pillar number three, discretion. Counsel and sound judgment. So counsel is pillar number four. Sound judgment, pillar number five. Are mine. I have insight, pillar number six and power pillar number seven now when if you have these things i'm telling you you will survive every pressure in life you will survive and you will win and i want to share them with you so the seven pillars of wisdom prudence knowledge discretion counsel sound judgment insight and power ready for this journey so pillar number one prudence prudence what is prudence prudence is the ability to predict danger and the capacity to avoid it proverbs 22 and the verse 23 The prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So the prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So danger is anything that can harm you, that can bring you into a very unpleasant situation. The Bible said for the prudent man he sees danger and he avoids it. Joseph saw danger when Potiphar's wife came to him. He saw danger. Some of you would have seen a naked woman, but he saw danger. He saw that this can harm my dream. This can harm my future. And he avoided it. But his f- first wife was a danger a prudent Joseph saw. Delilah was a danger that a foolish Samson did not see. Danger is usually may come to you as a situation. But in most cases these situations are caused by men and women. Sometimes the most dangerous thing ahead of you or around you is that person nicely dressed in suit. Sometimes the thing that will hurt you most, that will cause you harm most, are people, not things. And I want to quickly show you five people around you that can easily harm you the five dangerous people around you the five dangerous people around you number one critics critics now let me tell you something i am not talking about people who are constructively assessing something you are doing and offering a different opinion no i am talking about some people who are consistently and constantly undermining what you do, killing your self-confidence, killing your self-confidence, and criticizing you, making negative comments about everything you do. These people are dangerous. Their target is to kill your self-confidence. And I cannot imagine anything more dangerous to your aspiration in life There's something that kills your self-confidence. Now, dangerous critics do not only negatively assess your performance in life, but they gossip about you. They tell lies about you. They try to cut off people that believe in you. They go to them and make statements that cut off these people from you. Are you here with me? The next group of dangerous people around you are crashes, not C-U-R, it's C-A-R. Crashes. People who crash your dreams and destroy the things you do. These people usually are driven by jealousy. They are driven by jealousy and want to destroy what you are doing. And you have to be careful about these people who are driven by jealousy and will go to every extent to try to destroy your advancement in life. Now, it takes a a very high sense of foolishness to be amongst dangerous people and not to see them. The prudent see dangerous people and avoid them. Are you here? Another group you should be very careful about are the chances. These are people that are associated with you because of your goodwill and because of your platforms. Once they are able to get access to your goodwill and your platform, they use it to advance their personal interests. They are not interested in you. They are interested in themselves. Now, anybody around you who is not interested in what you are doing, but what he or she wants from you is a dangerous person. Because if the person eventually does not get the opportunity to use your platform, the person begins to hate you. And if the person gets it and uses it, to become became as powerful as you. He tends to attack you because he feels guilty anytime he sees you. Those people avoid. And then we have cheaters. And it's not only when a man cheats on a wife or a wife on the man that becomes become a cheater, but people that steal from you, take away from you, they sap your energy, they sap your time. They take away from you. When they leave you, you feel empty. These people are cheaters. They are also cheaters. People who steal, literally steal from you. Inflate um, invoices and other things. Please keep this at the back of your mind. If somebody, if you catch somebody today, he has stolen from you. Don't forget that he has stolen more than what you have seen. And he will continue to steal more. A thief is a thief. Once a thief, always a thief. It's like a recovered madman. There will by all means be some madness in there. These are dangerous people. And then the covetous, a person who doesn't like what he has, but who likes what you have. An auntie of mine I used to support regularly, who come to me almost every month, and I'll give her money. This particular instance when she came I was going out so I was outside my house as a respect for my auntie I got down from my car to speak to her so in giving her money I was in a hurry so I have to quickly pull all the money in my pocket and counter what I had to give to her, to her. Whilst I was giving the money to her I would with my left hand was putting the rest in my pocket she was not looking at the money I was giving to her she was looking at the one I was putting in my pocket I told my wife this my auntie i'm finished with her person who doesn't look at what she deserves but focuses on what she observes is a serious person are you here you understand so watch these people these are five dangerous people every prudent person avoids if you want to be happy in life if you want to succeed in life If you don't want any unpleasant situation to take place in your life, watch these five people. Critics. They lie about you. They they gossip about you. They say negative things about your performance in life in order to kill your confidence. Their aim is not to correct you, but their aim is to discourage you. Watch them. Especially those of you who are leaders, who are subordinates. Who, when you call a meeting, you call a meeting and you're offended, and you call when you are in a meeting, you are offended, they will say it. After the meeting, they will call another group. Media I don't agree with this. so I will not agree with this. One time, one of the great man of God, in the platform where we are on, left the platform. Then I was called that the man has left the platform. I should convince the man to come back on the platform. I called the man. You know what the man said? We had just finished the meeting. And when we finished the meeting, there was somebody in the meeting who didn't talk. But after the meeting, made a phone call. And he called him. When he called him, he said, why are you calling me? And he was criticizing the chairman of the meeting. That the chairman wants to control everything. The chairman wants, He said, but you were there when the chairman was controlling everything. Why didn't you tell the chairman? Why have you called me? so he said me i don't like i don't like association where people do meetings after meeting if i call you we sit down we talk and you leave me and you go and criticize the decisions i have made to other people you are dangerous i should be careful about you are are you here with me you understand good the second pillar of wisdom the second pillar of wisdom it's knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 1, the verses 3 and 4. Knowledge is one of the most important pillars in life. Daniel chapter 1, 1, 3 and 4. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his court officials, To bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect. Handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Well informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. I love this scripture. I love it. A man that loved knowledge will love this scripture anybody that loves knowledge will love this scripture to qualify to serve in the king's palace to qualify to serve in the king's palace you have to have certain qualities and all is centered around knowledge so i say here that in the corridors of power and influence knowledge is king knowledge is king nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful man and looking for people to serve in his kingdom, in his palace. The qualification, look at the qualification. Number one, aptitude for every kind of learning. In other words, in other words the people's mind scope must be big. You may not be a master of all the branches of knowledge, but you must be a servant of them all. Your mind scope should be big. Listen. Listen, anybody who does not like reading cannot be a leader, cannot be an influential person, does not have stability in life. I said one of the years ago, three years ago, I was just reading the New Year, the New Year um, resolutions of a number of highly successful people. And the New Year resolution of the founder of Facebook was to read two books every month. Was to read two books every month. We are, we are, we are in the fourth month of the year. How many chapters have you read? Even the Bible. How many, books, how many of the 66 books in the Bible have you read? An unbeliever is going to read two books in a week. In a month, you you cannot read two books of the Bible in a month. Even if we give you a year, you cannot read it. And yet you want to succeed and you want to compete with these people. I've said here that you cannot outperform your mind. Nebuchadnezzar, I want men who have aptitude for every kind of learning. If we uh, talk about, um lord they are there some if we talk about engineering they know something if we talk about this they know something you may be a master of a certain branch of knowledge but you must be a servant of all the branches of knowledge it is not how much you carry in your pocket that will make you rich it is how much you carry in your head that will make you rich it is what you know that puts money in your pocket wisdom has built its house And wisdom lays its foundation with understanding. But its rooms are filled with treasures from knowledge. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, its foundation is laid. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with treasures. What gives you money is knowledge. What made the founder of Facebook Rich is knowledge. He is only selling knowledge. Facebook is knowledge-based, knowledge-driven. Are, are you here? If you want to succeed, even for those of you who say worldly knowledge is sinful, so you don't like it. Oh, all those people who are going to school, book long people, they are not spiritual. Please, they are book-long. Are you Bible-long? Do you, you, you understand me? What you are criticizing the belong, I'm asking you, are you Bible long? One young man went to his pastor and said to his pastor, I've met a sister and I'm studying. The, Bible, the pastor looked at the young man, said, hey, can you give me three quotations from the Bible? The young man couldn't. He said, you haven't finished studying the Bible, you are studying the woman. I said, go and study the Bible and come. Before you come and tell me about the woman so we have people that criticize knowledge not because they study the bible like like the way you are criticizing knowledge and then you are also studying the bible then we know that it is secular knowledge you don't like but for sacred knowledge you are studying there there are 66 books in the bible if we decide that every month you are reading two books at least by the end of the year, you would have read 24 of the books in the Bible. And the Bible expands. the Bible gives you all, every kind of learning. The Bible covers every kind of learning. And why people know this? I don't know if this is true, but I heard someone saying that Donald Trump once said, He doesn't understand why christians are not rich because he has used the bible the principles in the bible to make himself rich and those who go to church every day are not rich because you don't you don't study the bible now it's even more dangerous now that we don't even carry um bible pen and uh, a book and this thing now that we don't even carry it, it is even more dangerous now you come to church on your phone and when i'm preaching i see you with your phone i can't complain because i'm thinking you are referring to the bible but you, you could you could be you could, you could be chatting you could be what's no no let me tell you something there are people on our mba that we sent them soft copies of our of the textbook they said they didn't want it one day i just went to the school somebody has scammed has gone to print the books why are you selling them why are you going to print books you are selling because we have supplied they say oh they say they don't like soft copies they want hard copy it is only you that want a soft copy bible when you go to school there, you want, and these people who are the MBA, they want hard copy. Are telling their pastors, my Bible is on my phone. But you see, when you take your phone, other things are competing with the Bible on your phone. Facebook is competing. Uh, Instagram is competing. Uh, what and Word is competing? Snapchat is competing. But if you put your phone off and you take the Bible, the one written by ink with ink on paper, nothing is comp- competing with it. Nothing. Nothing. The Bible will give you every kind of learning. Now he said, I want, I want people who have aptitudes for every kind of learning. Every kind of learning. Every kind of learning. Then, number two, they should be well informed. You see, people don't just become successful for ev- any- anything. They no. hmm. look at NASA. Look at the people he wants. The last time I was sitting down with my vice president, and we said, now we are not going to employ somebody who comes and say, I can only teach leadership. You should be able to teach multiple subjects before you are employed to lecture at a crab business. What is the meaning of I can only teach leadership? Single subject expert. We don't do that in, in this world. Now, now, look, look. look. Your mind scope is the capacity of your mind to accommodate all manner of information in all manner of ways, for all manner of uses. Now, now, let's, let me go to the second one. They should be well informed. They should be well informed. The capacity of the mind to convert knowledge into actionable information. That's solve problems bring it down tell me all the things you have learned in this world hold all the degrees you have learned in this world if you have not been able to use the knowledge in your head to provide solution you are useless the evidence of your knowledge is the solution you are providing to your generation wise people provide solutions they don't talk about problems they provide solutions They provide solutions. Why people don't talk about problem? If there is something in your mind, provide solutions. Amen. Do you know that if you're a pastor, you are anointed, you are studying the Bible, and the Bible is your head, you provide solutions to your church. I said, I pastor you in church. When we started in Alfred's Hall, we were 11. In two years, at the time I was 20, 25. In two years, when I was living, we were at Video, something, Video International, not Video City, and we have filled the place to capacity. We have filled the place to capacity. No, I was 24. But mommy and I married, and we went there. I was 24. My wife was 22. We started from somebody's bedroom, and ended up in one of. At that time, was one of the finest places in Tashi. And there was a family conflict on that building. And churches have gone there. They say they won't give it out. I went there. The main uh, litigant was in America. I sought for his telephone number. I called him. Prayed with him on phone. Negotiated with him. Gave the approval. Called those. He had not, his brother had not spoken for, for years. That let's give the building to this man of God. One year after being in testing, all the branches in our church... We hosted them for Easter convention. Without me asking my senior pastor for one peswa. You were there. They said, oh, some people are coming to sleep at the convention. Where would they sleep when they come? We went from house to house in Tess- You'll be there, sir. So I'll enter your house. I said, our church is having a convention in this area. We need one room in your house for people who are coming. I went from landlord to landlord. I told my senior pastor, there is no need for you to send us money. We hold this convention, hold this, and it was a convention in the morning and crusade in the evening. And a twenty-two, four-year-old young man, I hosted it, because if you are knowledgeable, provide solution. Are you here? The evidence that you are a wise man is what your mind is able to produce. You mean people who go around telling people that, oh, as for me, I'm just—it's unfortunate. I, I'm not—I'm not lucky. I'm, there's nothing like lucky. Oh, I don't—I don't have luck. Why? Why is I don't have luck? Now, when they become a Christ, Christians, they change their language. When they see somebody performing, so oh, this one is the grace of God. It's the grace of God. So God gave that person grace and did not give you grace. God gave the person grace and did not give you grace. If it was going to take only grace for us to succeed in life, God would have removed our brain, removed everything from us, and would have just put the Holy Ghost in us. No brain, no no soul. He would have just taken away our soul and put the Holy Ghost in us. But God has left your soul because he knows that even if he gives you grace, you must respond to the grace. You must be responsible. Grace is not a substitute for responsibility. Are you here with me? Everything God has done for me and mommy, it is by His grace. But that grace, at one point in my life, kept me awake, not sleeping. But our new sex master's programs we are taking for accreditation mommy had gone for medical checkup i stayed awake for three days every night i go, i'd stay overnight and in the morning i go to sleep for three hours and i continue i continue so if somebody sees a club business school they stand there you say, where well, grace that you grace some people will say, so that you offer But I was not born with it. Are you here? Now, if grace is responsible for everybody's success, God would not have said, I will bless the works of your hands. There must be the work of your hands for God to be able to bless it. If you put your hands in your pocket, and no works, the blessing will not come. Are you here with me? It is only bad men who see girls standing by the roadside without waving them to stop. They stop for them. But if a man is, a good man is traveling by his car alone and you are standing by the roadside and you don't take your hands from your pocket, to you stop the car to give you a lift Would the driver stop. I have stood here, sir, nobody is giving. That somebody comes and takes their hands and stops the car. And the car stops. The person sits inside. So this one is grace. It's grace. It's grace. If you want to succeed, be well informed. First, know a lot of things. Secondly, what you know, convert it into action. Convert it into solutions. Do something about it. This tent is somebody's solution I have used money to buy. See this lightning. A solution have used money to buy all these aces people's solutions have used money. this type is somebody's solution the chair you are sitting on is somebody's solution we have used money to buy what is your solution what are you selling in life hmm. can we move on and then quick to understand no matter how well informed you are if you can Run with time if you can't think on your feet, if you can't think fast on your feet. So Nebuchadnezzar wanted people who have aptitude for every kind of learning, well informed, and quick to understand. You know how annoying it is if you are giving somebody simple instruction. That should take five minutes. And after 30 minutes, you are still trying to explain to the person, he doesn't get it. Or you give a staff instruction, go and do something. And the person comes and has done the opposite. Ah, it's so painful. You must be quick to understand. Quick to understand. You must think on your feet. So three things that is equal to knowledge. Keep this at the back of your mind. That will let you walk in the corridors of authority and power. I said in the corridors of power and influence, knowledge is king. And three things. attitude for every kind of learning. You must read. Read. Just read anything. It is better than not reading at all. Read. Number two. Be well informed. What you have read. Put it into action. Because nobody knows what is in your head until you act it. Then people will stand there and say, ah, you are well informed. And then at the time of providing solution with the knowledge, you must move fast. See, they should be quick to understand. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't have time to explain himself a second time to you. But they must be quick to understand. When I say something, they must interpret it themselves. I don't have time for fools who I have to teach to become wise. You must walk into my palace already wise. I'm doing a new research with my team. It's called Ready for Work Africa. The reason why we are doing this research, because most people, employers say that when the students leave university and they come to work for them, they have to retrain them, but they don't know anything. The problem is that these university students will not read, they write their exams two and four. One month to examination, they re- show everything photocopy with their eyes Their eyes can really photocopy then they go and produce the photocopy so you have people that have finished four years in business administration if you ask them to teach business topics they can't teach in secondary school they can't teach you have a ba in business administration come and teach this say you can't teach you have a bsc bsc economics and you can't teach secondary school economics so what did you what did you learn I heard there was an interview for PC uh, uh, um, Is our secondary school, and somebody who has a BSc in physics was asked simple physics questions. He said, hey, uh, "I think it was an MP in physics, eh?" He said, hey, I left school long ago, so after this one, after this one, I have forgotten. Hey, you have forgotten this one. Quick hmm. to understand, so keep th- these things in mind. If you want to succeed. Eh? Keep these three things in mind. Let's move on. The third pillar. Thank you guys. Pillar number three. So I'll be working with you guys. I'm down here. No, go on. Pillar number three is discretion. Discretion. is a very important word. What does it mean when we say somebody is using his discretion? discretionary now i'm going to talk to you on something we call the discretionary effort and it's at the center of why i do the things i do and why i become who i become The center of it so here is me employed in a church as an administrative pastor that was my employment letter as an administrative pastor and i was given a job description But whilst I was in the church, I realized that there was no youth pastor. So I started gathering the youth for youth meetings. Whilst I was in the church, I realized that there was no Christian education department in the church. And I just finished Bible school. And everything I've learned from the Bible school was fresh. All my Bible school notes were there. I started developing new converts training manuals, and things. It was not part of my job description. It was not. I realized that the attitude of the church was very low. I started moving from secondary school to secondary schools. started preaching. A group of the pastors in the church called me and said, what are you doing? Do you want these people to feel that we are bad pastors? I said, what have I done? He said, so all these things you are doing that you are not paid for. But what message are you trying to send? I said, well, you, you two send the same message. Find something you are not paid for and do it. Why do you want to do the whole thing? And the church, the church virtually had no administrative work. It wasn't a big church. I go and sit in the office and nothing in particular to do. So I'm adding jobs to what I was doing. Adding jobs, adding jobs. It is called discretion. Now, In this case, discretion is going the extra mile. It's going the extra mile. Using your own looking for for places to occupy, going the extra mile. In life, eh, if you want to achieve milestones, learn to go the extra mile. Don't do what you were employed to do. You will hurt yourself. One day you can go. Just about two days ago, after nine PM, I was in the library with my staff, facing library tables. I'm the president. I saw my duty. I was there with them. They are here. They can tell you. But some have gone home. Some of the staff have gone home. They knew that the next day, accreditation was sending a library expert to come and see the library. Some of them have gone home at the state. It's called discretion. Going the extra mile. Going beyond what you were employed to do, what you were engaged to do. Why people do this? David was asked to go and kill 100 Philistines. He came with 200. He went the extra mile. Came with 200. When I was an employee, there was never a time that I worked based on my job description. Where there's no organization that the job description will, will cover every single work that's supposed to be done. But you will get people who will say, it's not my work, I can't do it. Even if the company will collapse. no. And these people are Christians. When we're doing this structure, ask the White and Co. We are also doing discretionary work here, putting in discretionary effort. I will sit here. When I came from the hospital, I was discharged. From the hospital, I came here straight. I begged mommy, if I don't see this thing, I came here. <laughs> The, the two days I was sitting here to 12 midnight when this thing was going on. I'm supposed to be the bishop for God's sake. I'm supposed to be lying down and making phone calls and asking people, have you finished? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done? I'm supposed to be doing that. But I was here. Are you here? What we're going to do, we're going to host Dana Hamilton as the guys who were cleaning here. I was here, me and mommy, pulling chairs. Do you know every Sunday morning, mommy comes here to clean here. Mommy comes to sleep every Sunday morning. Last Sunday, I was going to her room to tell her the the previous night she was so some of you who, those who saw mommy Sunday when she was coming to leave the thing, you saw how tired she was. She was weak, and that she was worse on Saturday. Sunday after my prayers, just went to mommy's room to stop her from coming here. I said, God will not kill you if there are dust here. And I, she said, No, no, no. When I got there, she had left. Tell her she was here. And she had left her phone home so I can't call her. I said, when you see people are achieving milestones, check their backgrounds. They have gone the extra mile. Are you here with me? Do you understand what I'm teaching you? Today is the grand finale. Allow me to just give me some time. Let me bless you. Let me put some things in your spirit before you leave here. Most people engaged, including Christians, in their fields, give as only, give like 50% of what they can give. And then they assume that (laughs) it will affect the person who employed them. It is you who is building your habit. It will affect you. Take for instance, the reason why you don't like reading now was because you were not forced to read when you were a child. So you can't grow up and like reading. Why people, do you, know why they, do you know why people like reading? When they give it to children. Even while they are in the womb. While they are in the womb, they read stories to the children. They believe they will hear. When a child is born, babies who don't understand anything, they will read stories to them. And the children will be listening, they will sleep. And they will learn. So every night, the child cannot sleep until a story is read. Before the child sleeps. But the child, the time the child now knows how to read, the child by himself is reading. Recently, uh, Harry and Meghan, they were reading to their child. They were reading to their child. Harry and Meghan, what does that boy need? He doesn't need anything. He will grow up to become rich, a, a millionaire. He was born a millionaire, but they were reading to him. And you? You? Look at you. <laughs> Discretionary effort is often called going the extra by. This means they engage computer programmer works over time when needed without being asked. This means they engage retail clerks picks up the trash on the store floor even if the boss isn't watching. As is this kind of behavior that leads to greater quality and productivity at work. I'm telling you. Right even the boss watching, you will see people picking things from their offices. It's called discretionary effort. If you want to succeed, eh? Everything you do, don't forget this. You must go the extra mile. Don't pick your bag at five o'clock and go. And for the five, you will pick your bag. But for the eight you are supposed to report in the office, you will call that you are in traffic. You call, and these are Christians so the five, you will pick your bag. But the eight you are supposed to report, you, you, are, you arrive late. But when it is five you pick your bag all the people who worked for me now i don't see that in my team but all those who worked for me initially who picked their bag at five and leave have not become successful up to now because when you start working for yourself and even you want to stay longer at five you start feeling sleepy you start feeling tired the psychological thing do you know why peter became the head of the apostles after Jesus had left, do you know why Jesus built the whole church around Peter? He was the only one who went the extra mile and went to where Jesus was being judged. Went to the court. All the rest ran away. He went to the court. Even though he betrayed, he betrayed Jesus, he went to the court. If he had not gone to the court, he would not have been asked that question. In my language, they say, The one who fetches the water is the one who drops the pot. Go the extra mile in life if you want to see. And this is what wise people do. Go the extra mile. Next. Four. Counsel. Counsel, please look at it. Let's go to the next slide. Now, the secret of Pharaoh's success was was the advisory skills of Joseph. Let me tell you this. Some of the young men who have become so powerful in this country, in the Kufwado's government, it's not all of them who have become powerful because they, were, uh, they are uh, party boys. But they have a certain advisory skills. But honestly, when you come to my office, David is one of the most powerful people in the office. You know why he's powerful in the office? Because of the, skill, the ITC skills. He solves my problems for me advice he gives me. Ben is one of the most powerful people. Ben sells my MBA for me. I, 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 there are some of them in my office. If they say they are going, I beg them not to go. But the others, I just want them to go. Just that I'm, I'm not courageous to tell them. But the day, they will bring me resignation that I'm going. i come and share testimony. I just come and say, Praise the Lord! Somebody just left. But the others, I'll let them to go. I've, I've told myself, if you have a better job than what I'm giving you, I'm not a wish, I won't keep you. It's only a wizard that will keep you suppressed. If the job is better, fine. Some, I mean, I'll let them go because it's better than what I'm offering. We are in school. But there are others. Sometimes I ask the Lord, why have they gone, God? Why? Why? This cross is too much for me. Our boy, too much. Because of our advisory skills. Joseph, eh, was a foreigner and was an accused rapist, a jailed rapist, a convicted rapist, the king didn't care. When he gave the king advice on how to manage seven years of abundance and seven years of famine, the king said, I need you. You, I need you around me. Don't go anywhere. I need you. Oh, king, he raped. He attempted to rape. Oh, forget it. Who Who is Potiphar? What has he contributed? Did he solve my problems? Hey, bring him. Potiphar was there when Joseph was made vice president. Suddenly, your houseboy has become your vice president. Now, Potiphar will need appointment to visit. I can imagine what Potiphar's wife will be feeling. Now, can imagine what the guy will be, the woman will be feeling. Hey, Joseph is vice president. Joseph is, father. see, counseling. The counsel is the kind of wisdom that makes you a counselor. You provide advice. You get into the realms of consultancy. People consult you. (laughs) Are you here? People consult you. I was telling a group of young pastors I was training how, how my opinions are sought after by certain groups of people in this country. What is the affair? This one, courtity of a. This one, I say, it's a affair. we should call. Sometimes something will come to this country relating to the church. because it of a. And for this one, it is you we must send. Because I have an advisory skill. I have the spirit of counsel. I have cultivated that ability to be able to provide Solid advice, solid counsel to people. Brother, I'm telling you, your height will not matter, your physique will not matter, your nationality will not matter, your tribe will not matter if you have something to offer. If you have something to offer big men. Big men depend on the wise counsel of people around them to become successful. They know it. So you see a Kufuado has an advisor on this, an advisor on that, adviser advisor on this. There was this, there's this guy around um, Don Mahama, Sandobe. People felt that Sandobe is uh, rude, he should sack him, why is he still keeping him? Recently, Sandobe was celebrating his birthday and Mahama was giving, saying some things uh, about Sandobe. And you could see why he was keeping the guy. You may not like him, you may not like his attitude, but what he, that, what he did for Muhammad to become president, you didn't know. Are you here with me? You can almost see this skill and right? this type of wisdom, this pillar of wisdom, can make you indispensable. You can develop yourself and build your advisory skill in the world is called consultancy skill. You build your, you become an authority on something an authority on something, when when you are engaged by a powerful man, you you become indispensable. You must get there. You must reach there. You must develop yourself and build yourself to reach there. Are you here? Let's go. Let's go. Please, let's go there. Now, now, The next pillar, pillar number five, is sound judgment. Effective decision making. Effective decision making. Can I tell you something? I've said this before, let me repeat it. Your life today is a reflection of the choices you have made in the past. And your life tomorrow will reflect the choices you are making today. If the choices you are making is not based on effective decision making, you will mess up your life. Mommy and I are not here at where we are today by luck. There are choices we have made. We chose to be here on the sprinters road. We chose to do the things we have been doing and the results we are getting really impresses us. And we know that the choices we are making today will also give us better results. Listen, you cannot blame anybody. You cannot play the Eve game. What have you done? It is the serpent who deceived me. You cannot say that. In life, eh, you cannot play the blame game. You are responsible for your life today. Everything about you today is a reflection of the choices you have made. You can never blame anybody for it. When you you were in your mother's womb, your mother ate and then you ate some. Your mother do drugs for you. Most of the drugs pregnant women take. Doc, you are here. They take them because of the babies in the womb. They help them to form their bones and things to be formed. Etc, etc. They do it. But when the baby is born, in the labor world, the umbilical cord is disconnected and the baby is released into independence. From that day, You have to take breath by yourself. You have to take drug by yourself. Your mother cannot do it for you again. You know where your independence was declared? It was declared in the labor world. Are you here? So you cannot blame anybody for who you have become. Take responsibility for your life, for your actions. Take it. My father had us. We were seven. We were not very... I mean, poor people in the bracket All our sisters, all my brothers and myself, all of us have taken different things in life. All of us are doing different things. And our life today is a reflection of the choices we have made in our lives. It has nothing to do with our father or our mother. The choices we have made. I have a big brother. He made his choice. He traveled early in life. We are two guys. I also made my choice. At the age of fourteen, I was born again, serving the Lord, educating myself. He made his choice, I've made my choice. I have five sisters, all of them have made their choices. They can't go back to our parents and said, and because you were not raised, that's why we are suffering in Accra. That cannot happen. You can have two people born twins the same day from the same womb. From the same womb. One become great, one become nobody. One will become a drug addict, one will become a pastor. There are choices that you make. Cause sound judgment, effective decision making. I think my book on common sense principles there's a chapter on the art of decision making. You reprint that book, let everybody have it. Your life is a reflection of decisions you are making. Please, you cannot be fasting and be praying and then think that when you finish, and you go and make the wrong choices. Your life will change. Mm-hmm. Can we go on, please? Next slide. No, go back again. I want to talk on that thing small before I move on. Let me give you some time. Let me let me bring you to a level in life. Make effective choices, and your life will be effective. Choose well. Don't be listen, listen. Don't spend your time trying to deal with the things in your past. It is done. It is gone. It is dusted. Move on. More opportunities are ahead of you. Focus on those opportunities and make effective and powerful choices. Very most important choices, write them down. The choice as to where you want to spend eternity is in your hands. Choose hell or heaven. The fact that you are choosing a pleasant place doesn't mean that you are choosing heaven or hell. It, it depends on you. People just keep changing churches. When they don't even know whether you are going to hell or heaven. <laughs> uh, when I gave birth, the church didn't visit me. Please, listen. <laughs> what is important is not who visited you. What is important is your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Well, this church they don't visit, but the pastor's teaching pushed me on track for heaven, and that is why I came here, and that is the reason why I'm here. I want to make heaven, is the ultimate reason why I'm in church. For those of you who are not married, even in marrying, ask yourself Would this person help me to make heaven? i said i know sisters who married brothers who were not as me I, I always tell a sister who is when you are going to marry a brother you are more spiritual than please i will advise you against oh yeah 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 yeah. Sister, if the brother cannot provide spiritual leadership run away if it is worse and sex you are looking for use anybody for marriage but if marriage is part of your plan to make heaven then be careful who you marry. It, is, it will be better to remain single and make heaven than to marry someone who will take you to hell. Never choose to marry anybody who is critical of pastors and churches. No! No! The second choice, the second most important choice you must make in your life it's who you marry i'm telling you who you marry you see where to spend eternity very important who you marry is so important because it brings you fulfillment in life it brings you happiness in life not fulfillment but happiness in life i'm telling you i mean people marry you carry one or two times tears will come anger will come but if it's a consistent tears. You are finished. Oh, there was a friend of mine whose wife came to complain that you ha- your brother does not come home. But I was angry. I was. But when the woman was when the woman was crying, I was angry. But him Charlie bro 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 come here come here come here Charlie what do you do? why do you worry your wife like that? He, I was very angry. Oh. he started telling me stories. Stories he told me. He said Charlie, I don't have any place going. I don't go anywhere. Two o'clock I'll still be driving through town. Two a.m. A woman is such a wild woman and a cross up, I'm telling you. Some people are praying for their husbands to die. But they won't die. No, no, they are not going to die. Those people, it's difficult to kill them. Because God wants the person to repent and come to heaven. You want the person to die and go to hell. If your husband cannot be your friend, it is the worst decision ever. If your wife is not your friend, you are finished. You are finished. Hmm. Then the final, this is the third most important decision. is what you do with your life in terms of profession. But understand that you were created for assignment. If you do not discover why God created you, and you do anything anyhow, you don't find fulfillment in life. There are people who are receiving big salaries in some job, but every morning they are going to that job, they are crying in their hearts. And there are people who receive nothing, but they enjoy what they do. They enjoy what they do because they were created for it. You see, the purpose of work is not money, it's assignment. And once you are fulfilling divine assignment, God blesses you. Once you are fulfilling divine assignment, God blesses you. Hmm. Okay, go to pillar 6. So let me conclude with pillar 6 and 7, but it has a lot to learn. Now, pillar 6 is insight. Insight. The greatest disability in life is mental blindness. Blindness you can't see those who see in life with their mind have three sides can we go to the next slide so insightful people have three sides hindsight insight and foresight can we move on so what is hindsight is the capacity to understand the past please Everything you are going through, everything that is, you have gone through in the past, you need to understand it. The only way to walk past your past is to understand why you made those mistakes in the past. Your past must teach you very important lessons. That so you don't repeat the mistakes of the past. Are you here? Number two, insight. The capacity to understand Today. And then, number three, foresight. The capacity to understand the future. Now, if you understand the past, you understand today, and you understand the future, you have insight. You will go very far. Your mind is opened. You will go very far. Today, I'm doing a lot of learning. You know why? I understand today. My research assistants are here. I guess they appreciate. What I go through for two weeks now, I've been learning six hours a day with them. And then, whilst I'm learning, people are coming. This project, I have to come here. I have to go and see something. I have to go and look at something. People are just around me. But I'm managing it and going through it. I do all these things because of my understanding of today, how today is. Nobody, no pastor will ever succeed if he is empty-headed. I mean, the people you dedicated are now in the universities. There are some children I dedicated in this church. They are now in university. Anybody here like that? Anybody who has a child I dedicated who is either in the final year entering the university or there are children I dedicated in this church. Uh, uh, I need that. Yeah, you are here. Now, I dedicated it Nayao. And it's in the university. Second year. Third year. Jessica is in the university. My own daughter, my sister, I dedicated this in the university. And Becky's children who were wearing pampers when we started church. One is now my boss in the office. Andy is now my accountant who controls the money and can tell me, that this money, we can't release it. I say, Andy, when we were wearing pampers, I was a pastor already. He said, no, daddy, we need a budget before we can spend this money. And I see all of them developing. I can't sit down. You understand? The church is becoming sophisticated. The people coming to church are no longer, they even understand the Bible more than the pastor. But there are people who read the Bible more than the pastors even read but they love reading. The fact that you are a pastor that doesn't mean you will love reading the Bible. You will love reading the Bible because naturally you are a lover of reading. If you are not a lover of reading, you can't read the Bible. There are so many pastors who don't read the Bible because they don't love reading. If, <laughs> if you were not cultured, to, you're not trained to read, the fact that you become a pastor doesn't mean that you, you don't read the Bible with a, with a supernatural mind. <laughs> can i go on please move on so now i'll focus on inside inside the capacity to make effective choices today based on your understanding of the past and the prediction of the future so every choice you are making today it must be based on your understanding of the past and the prediction of the future in the past i did this it did not work i did this it worked you put them together then you make a choice and then you look at the future The future, the next 10 years, this is where I want to be. Then that helps you to make an effective choice. You don't make choice based on emotions. You are happy, so you make a choice. You are sad, so you make a choice. You are offended, so you make a choice. I'm leaving this marriage because I'm offended. I'm marrying you because I'm happy. You are stupid. You don't make the most important choices in your life based on emotions. It's based on thinking. Are you here with me? Go on. So, the, the three laws every insightful person obeys. Three laws. Three laws. The law of yesterday, the law of today, and the law of the next day. Let me quickly take you through it. Those of you who are watching me um, during the lockdown, I thought on this thing. Now, let me share with you. The law of yesterday. You will never become better, than, better today than you were yesterday if you fail to walk past your past. You will never become, oh, go, go, take your time, I'm reading it, thank you, thank you, audiovisual. You will never become better today than you were yesterday if you fail to walk past your past. In other words, in other words, if you don't walk past your past, you will never become better than you were yesterday. You will be the same person, the same creation, the same yaw, yao. The same because you have not been able to walk past your past next slide please Ecclesiastes 7 verse 10 do not say why were the old days better than this for it is not wise to ask such questions you know why it's not wise to say that 10 years ago we used to buy milk for one CD. today look at how much we are buying milk it is not wise to, to ask those questions. Because even if you ask them, what what will it solve what will it solve in your life? Go on, please. Go on, go on, please. And see. The law of today. The law of today. If you fail to live the future today, you will never live. you will forever live in a fool's paradise. If you fail to live the future today, you will forever live in a fool's paradise. You know what that means? What it means is that you must let tomorrow control your life today. Yeah, see, <laughs> there are many people, eh? Tomorrow has never come. Oh, me, and one day I'll be this. One day I'll be this. When you started saying one day you'll be this, it was 10 years ago. You were 25, now you are 35. You are still saying, one day I will be this. One day I will be this. You are not living the future you saw 10 years. So you are living in a fool's paradise. When I came to Sprinter's Road, 21 years ago, whatever I saw, I have become. I'm living the future I saw. Yes, I'm living the future I saw. 22 years ago, whatever I saw, I have become. The future i saw i've become your today must be your future you should be living your future if you your today used to be tomorrow and you had a dream for that tomorrow are you living that dream if you are not then you are not living the future today you are living in the fool's paradise so make up your mind draw your life Draw a future, project a future for you, based on prayer, based on the knowledge of things I'm sharing here. And say the next five years, this is what I want to become. But to become this in the next five years, this is what I want to do in the first one year. But to be able to do this in the first one year, this is what I want to do in the first one one month. And take action in the first one month, this is what I have to do in the first one week. In the first one week, this is what I have to do in the first one day. In the first one day, this is what I have to do in the first one hour. In the first one hour, this is what I have to do in the first one minute. In the first one minute, this is what I have to do in the first one second. Every second counts if you want to create a great future for yourself. You know, if all the things I said said to mommy I would do. I remember when first time mommy came to my house, my friend wanted mommy to see He he wanted to punish me, but I was avoiding mommy coming to know where I was living. Then mommy came around. She said she came to a wedding. She came too early. And she thought the wedding was in the morning, but apparently it was in the afternoon. But I also suspected that she wanted to know where I was living. So she deliberately missed, understood, the wedding's time. So she went to my cousin, who was was in the shop around the area, and said to him that, Oh, I came to a wedding too early. Do you know where Gideon is? And I have gone for an all night. I have come to... Sleep in our dirty room, snoring. And my cousin knew I told him that I don't want Olivia to come here to see. We don't have chair, we don't have anything here, our bed is broken. I don't want Olivia to come here. Let's fish here before Olivia come, comes here. He, he deliberately brought Olivia. I was just there here is the cousin and Olivia. Brought Olivia. Him to wake me up. The stupid boy. Your fiancé is here. That's a fish one what are you talking about it's olivia hey oh boy i'll kill you i will kill you there's me coming out with my face i said olivia let me find some Yes, let me take my bath and come find some place to sit eh? yes in a hall there was no chair just found some kitchen too i said city i'm coming right now i to take my bath him i was confused i didn't know what to say i didn't have money so i couldn't take her out do you like us to go? I'm not Nothing. Just went dressed up, got another kitchen, used to start by her. Uh, you had your book on and <laughs> Please, you are welcome. Eventually, her time for the wedding was up, saw her off. When I came back, I said, No, this girl will leave me. Why this girl has come to see? She will leave me. So, the next day I met her, I said, Olivia, I want to tell you something. Listen, everything you want to see in a man, I'm pregnant with it. I'll give back to them. When we marry, give me some time. I'll give back to everything. I say, Gideon, why are you worried? I don't, I mean, what are you talking about? I know you have a potential. We'll marry. Don't worry. But we think, because like, I saw that in your house, I'm not interested in anything. I'm just interested in you. I said, this is a good girl. This is a good girl. But when I bought, when I bought our first TV, I remember, I remember that one. I remember very, very, very well. Some old, do you know, Grand, 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 Duke, a Grand Doc, Grand Doc. Was some old tv hunchback second hand i bought at kanishi i couldn't even buy the fresh one i bought one beautiful the eyes was like this i carried it home i said you remember i told you i'm pregnant with everything i'm pregnant with everything i bought you a tv <laughs> oh charlie but you see you see everything i said i was pregnant with i gave birth to them if i was still telling her i'm so pregnant i'm so pregnant you're saying that we are living in the fool's paradise this man, if I don't get up and do something for my life, he will kill me. You, you, you get it? The last time I took mommy's old picture, when she was even in her 20s, I showed it to her. I said, do you know that you are nicer in your 50s than you were in your 20s? Said, yeah, 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 it's true, it's true. She compared the picture and to herself. I said, it's because of me. Oh. Some men will make you old when you are even young. Because they live in fool's paradise. I'll do this. I'll, they have built houses every year for the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always building. They're always building. It is easier to build with your mouth. God will do it, eh? God will do it. Our time will come. Our time will come. Brother, your time passed pass. Long time. <laughs> Lottery. Okay, let's, let's, let's go over Lottery. The law of next day. The only way to create the future is to see it. The only way to create the future is to see it. And you see with your mind's sight. Whatever I've seen has become a reality. A principle. Live it. Your mind. That's why you must have positive thinking. Don't let your mind imagine vain things. Imagine a future ideal. The ideal future you want to have. And start working towards it. Work hard towards it. Let your future get you busy. Don't let gossip and Facebook and unnecessary things get you. Let your future get you busy. You know when you become successful, eh? People feel they, they are shareholders of your success. Some people feel, and we were we, we when there was nobody, we were with him. When when there was we were there, and when we were there, we were there. Even people who taught me in Bible school one semester feel that they are part of my success. They are shareholders. I owe nobody any shareholding uh, is it liability? Those of you who have been. Sammy, where are you? I owe nobody no, I owe nobody any dividends.?? Eh? Eh? I owe shareholding dividends. I don't owe nobody any dividends. I'm telling you, I have labored. I have used the same principles I'm teaching you to get here, to get to where I am. I'm telling you. Use it. See the future. And create it. Work hard towards it. I labor. I work up to now. I work. I labor. Most of my labor is in my mind. I don't sleep. If you like, when you leave here today, call me 2 a.m. Um, I'll pick. Don't you see the times I've been sending you messages and tests? You, you wake up before you see it. Hey, hey, this man doesn't sleep uh, This man doesn't sleep. Hmm. Okay. Let me move on. No, move on. Three habits of those who see the future. I'm with you here. Three habits of those who see the future. Three habits of those who see the future. Now, look. They decide who, where, and what to spend today on. Here, yes. They decide who, where, and what to spend today on. I see the future. I make the decision as to who I spend today with, where I spend today, and what I spend today on. Because I see the future. You don't decide for me. I decided myself. Today when you live here, decide make this choice. Make this decision. Let's go on. Look at this. They decide who they want to spend today with. Never spend today with people who will take you away from one, God. Never spend today with people who will take you away from God. And let me tell you how they take you away from God. They know they cannot attack God. They attack the source of your spiritual strength and inspiration. Your church and your pastor. They know once they kill that, they have killed you. They will attack your church and they will attack your pastor. They will tell you your pastor is doing business with you. They will tell you that the church, the man is running. is making money with it. That's what they will tell you. And sometimes you know what baffles me is that you you don't even pay tight. And yet somebody has successfully convinced you that the pastor is making money business with you. And you don't even pay tight. So, what business is he doing with you when you're not a tighter? And yet you believe it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You come to church, the highest offering you give is five cities. And the church, you come only on Sundays. So, the, okay, let's say you come all the services. Sunday, you give five, five CDs. So, that is 20 CDs a month. And then Wednesday, you give two, two, two CDs. That is eight CDs a month so 28 CDs. And then, and then Friday, you give, let's say, because it's a prayer meeting, you give three, three, three CDs. So, at the end of the month, you are giving the church 40 CDs. It will put all together for one year. How much is it? And yes, you still believe that pastor is doing business with you and he's doing this. I'm saying that, listen, don't spend time with people who will take you away from your God. Or anything that will take you away from God. Number two, don't spend your time with people. Don't spend today with people that will take you away from your goals. Set your goals. Work, work towards that goal. Have something you are, you are running to. Now, there's something called the leo. You know dog race? When the dogs are raising, they push something called the leo before the dogs. And they make the thing move. So the dogs are not raising against each other. They are chasing that thing. And the speed of that thing determines the speed of the dog. There must be something that is luring you into the future. That is improving your speed in life. Focus on your goals. Don't let anybody come into your life and mess up your life for you. Set, this is where I want to go to. This is where I want to get to. And work hard get there. Years ago, I went to teach an insurance company. And there was a young lady in their marketing department. And I was asking them what their future plans were. This young lady who was doing marketing, I was teaching their marketing staff how to teach, how to, and she was living on on commission. She said that I want to be the future CEO of this insurance company. At that time, when she, you remember that thing? When she said, it, I, said I said, Mama, you were fool. Your CEO is here, you are saying this. But today, do you know, that girl is the CEO of that insurance company. She is! She is! I saw some of her colleagues who left to another insurance company and everyone left here. Those insurance companies have collapsed. They are now looking for jobs. She, because she had a goal, that insurance company was going through trials she kept to her goal today she's the ceo she's invited to speak at various conferences making good money that insurance company is one of the big if you count the 10 the 10 top insurance companies in this country they are one of them and she's the ceo but about 15 years ago she was a market sales executive commission sales executives and she said i'll be the ceo and she is Ask anybody who is successful. they will tell you, success did not happen to me. I happened to success. I made up my mind, this is where I want to be. And I'm there. When my son, Alex, came to church, came to sit down with me and told me what he wants to do. He told me everything. Hey, Alex is doing so well. Or oh, you see these t-shirts? I said, Alex, I want t-shirts. He will supply me. As a company, called I'm armor of kings, eh? Amor of Kings. Amor of Kings was decided in my hall. Prayed with alas Anointed him. And anytime less is coming to me, he's carrying his seed. As so as he gives me seed, I'm surprised. I mean, where? How, how? The boy had a goal. Today, I'm so proud of you. Anytime I see him, I'm reminded of what the Lord told me. I never despise anybody who comes to you, especially those who come to you. That their goals will you. They will go places. Everybody with a goal goes places. An experiment was done in a school. Hundred students were randomly asked, what do you want to become in the future? Out of the hundred, only ten students who say on their feet what they wanted to become in the future. Ten years later, the school went back to those hundred students to see what they have become. The ten people who could say on their feet what they want to become have all become successful. The 90 people who couldn't say have become failures. I become failures. I become failures. I told you in class four, they asked me, What do you want to become? I said, I want to become a pastor. In secondary school form four, my nickname was a chancellor. Today, both things that I said I I'll become, I'll become. What do you want to become? What do you, what do you in the next five years, in the next ten years, where are you going? If everybody's opinion matters to you, don't know where you are going. I told you how mommy and I got m- missing in, in Paris. I wanted to just flesh to my wife. We're going somewhere, so I've checked it. It's 15 minutes walk from here. So, no, it's five minutes walk from our hotel. So we'll leave the hotel 15 minutes at least we have 10 minutes to look around before we enter the, the 5 minutes ahead of the meeting, enter the office. So, we got down from the hotel 15 minutes at a time. Here was I, looking at the um, direction and following. Apparently, where I was going, I have turned the map. So, I was going the opposite direction. I, I was seeing that when I got down, I was 5 minutes to the place. But now, I've gotten to 7 minutes to the place. I kept going 8 minutes to the place. I kept going, I started, my dear, let's stop. The thing is taking us away from this thing. Then I turned the thing like this. Started walking back to where I came from. Apparently, thinking that I was walking back to where I came from, I have passed another thing. I was, I got missing. Now, we have to find a place. Our time was almost up. We don't speak speak French. We have to look for people who speak English. Talk to Please, do you speak English? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where are you going Let me see. Then they would turn the mouth like this. Oh, here. Those who were showing us the place were also tourists. And then we go, sir, do you speak English? No. Do you speak English? No. Do you speak English? No. Do you speak... Yeah, yes, yes. Let me see. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, no, no. You are far away. Go here. You know why everybody could give us a direction? But we were missing. In life, if we are missing, that's how you are. Anybody can give you direction. Anybody can advise you. Anybody can tell you what to do. And you follow like a John. Sorry for those who are called John. Move away. Go away from people who will take you from your gold. Today, go away from people who will take you from your gold? Your money. Please, don't follow people's me. Eh? I'm a cashpreneur. If you study the, the 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 talent, the 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 parable of the talents. When he gave them, he said, "Go and put the money to work." A cashpreneur is somebody who puts his money to work. And allow your money to work for you everybody wants to be an entrepreneur but the best way to become an entrepreneur is first to employ your money it is cheaper to employ your money than to employ people when your money has grown your money itself will employ people I borrowed 500 Ghana cities so mommy and I started the company I didn't go looking for anybody we put it back inside and we so we made the money work for us It gave us thousand six hundred we put it back inside again started working for us started working for us it worked for us and then the money is still started employing people so i don't employ people i mean i'm a cash pinois. i allow my money to employ people the more money i see in my accounts then i know i can, the money can employ someone are, are you here with me don't allow people listen don't allow people to compel you to change your lifestyle and to buy a new car and to do this when you are among a group of people who show off who put everything they have on facebook i bought a new house i'm living in a new world facebook is the fakest thing i have ever seen in my life be careful Hmm? okay so let's move on now they decide where they want to spend today their place of adjustment where you can be corrected where you can be corrected is your place of adjustment so right now what i'm doing is that i'm adjusting your life i'm telling you i'm sharing things with you people that when you live here you go and put them into practice so i'm adjusting your life go to where you can be corrected build your life around people who can adjust your life who can call you there have been occasions where one day we were there as bishop sure just said hey i want to see you and your wife Say, said papa wants to see all. so when we said why well, have you done something i said no he hasn't called the two of us like that before let's go he went he said, my girl this man is everywhere shut him down let don't let him accept appointment don't let him say he's tired he should be resting we need people who can yeah, mommy, mommy was happy your father, your father says you are tired though so, but i mean mommy, mommy mommy adjusts my life there have been occasions where mommy herself was i'm um, sick i've been invited to preach and I'm trying to take dress to go. we would just take a phone. He'll not even tell me, your brother is sick or he wants to please you. He will die in your puppet. If he, if he comes to stand in this puppet tonight, he will die. And the man will go, so don't let him come. He'll come to my room, sit down and wait for me. I finish dress. he said, say, where are you going? So I'm going to, I told you I have a preaching appointment. I've cancelled it. How? When? Where? He has cancelled it. Adjustment. If your wife cannot adjust you, you're in trouble. If your husband cannot adjust you, Are in trouble. If you are above every law, listen, listen, do you know my my style, my style of leadership? There are certain people, eh? There are certain people. I've stopped adjusting them. But if we see people misbehaving under me and I ignore them, don't think that I'm afraid of them. Some people, they can't be adjusted in any way. Leave them for God. Leave them for God to adjust them. And when God starts adjusting them, this will ask Jacob. By the time God finishes adjusting him, he has become like this. Oh, if if will I ask Jacob, and I have let people for God to adjust, and I've seen God adjusting them, and I'm laughing in my head. They come to me, they want prayers. I don't pray for them. I said, the Lord will see you. God will see you. Don't worry. You will find. You'll pass through this. For adjustment. Now, and then, please spend today in your place of abundance, your workplace. If you wake up and you have no place working, you are not working. You are sleeping. You are watching TV. No amount of 21-day fast will put money in your pocket. If life is boring for you, if life is boring but for you, it's because you are lazy. There's too many things to engage your life, and then life is boring. And you will get out, you will sleep. sir. are you at home? I want to come and visit. Oh, you're not at home. you take your phone. You call. I, I, where are you? I want to come. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Then you call somebody. Charlie, how are they? Uh, they around. Everybody's busy. You're the only one calling people to find out <laughs> whether somebody is free. Whether somebody is free. I'm telling you, spend your day in your place of abundance. That's what God has chosen to use to bless you. He will bless the works of your hands. Don't stay at home don't 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 accept that you make money whilst you're staying at home do something or else very soon you stay at home you grow big you get diabetes you die before your time we all come and stand here and sing lead kindly light <laughs> and see you off you die before your time get out from your sleep and slumber do something with your life be engaged don't just look at yourself in the mirror and say, me, I'm a very lazy person, or me, I'm a very lazy person. What? Why are you lazy? The man who is the current president of Accra Business School works like something. 70-something-year-old man. And he works with the assignments I've given him. And the way he works, it amazes me. It's a signpost for me. It's a signpost that after 70 I should still be active and be working. The last I had Zoom meeting with him, just sent me a message. You'll be five minutes late. Then when he came, he was sweating, so sorry, I went for a job. 73-year-old man, you went for a job. That's why I walked seven kilometers every evening. Right now, when I finish with you, unless mommy stops me, I'll go home. In fact, I was coming to this service in a in a in a track suit. Then I thought, that okay, this is the last time, last session of WoW, WoW, so let me wear WoW and come. I would have come in tracksuit and start my walk. Seven kilometers, 73-year-old man is running four miles a day. And you are here. You you stand in front of your house to take Uber. Order Uber to come. they go and sit inside, Dress you in your distance. Just to even walk to the roadside. So it's part of my walking. When you even go to the mall, eh? park your car far away and walk. Than trying to find a place short sure where the distance is and walk. You are going to die. You are going to kill yourself. And that one, prayer cannot do anything. I'm telling you, you cannot be sleeping and be eating at 10 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m. You are eating bangku. You are eating starchy um, food into your body. And you think that prayer will change it. What you can do by common sense, God will not step in. I see the pastors in Bible school are hitting themselves. <laughs> pastor, you, are, you are in Bible school, you are eating Banquo at 10 p.m. You are not anointed. And then, spend your time in your place of abode. When you are, if you are not in your place of adjustment or your place of abundance, be in your place of abode. Be in your place of abode. So Kevin is 27, he's my son. But mommy wants his door closed by 10. Or sometimes nine. He wants everything to close. Even me, the husband. I have to get home early. The day I'm going somewhere, I'll keep long. So I'm going to preach. This is church, they keep long. So we'll close by eleven. So I'll be home at midnight. So we arrange, I'll lock everything. Tell the boys, keep the phone by you when I come. The gate, everything is locked. So Kevin has friends, sometimes 10 p.m. they are in town. Mommy calls, I'm locking my destiny come home please come home right now let me look some of his friends think that ah your parents are controlling you how can a big boy like you be called to come home at 10. so one time i were working i had a conversation with my son you will never you will never marry any responsible woman who allow you to be in town with your friends after 10 p.m no no wife who is responsible who loves you will be looking at you saying so so, me and my mother, call, your mother calling you to come home. We who gave birth to you, calling you to come home. If you let your friends make you feel that we are controlling you, then, then your wife who, is, who just met you when you are now he's 27 now I haven't seen a girlfriend yet, so let me say he's married at 28 or 30. If, if, you, if you marry at 30 and you're a man already, then your wife cannot tell you to come home even at 12 midnight. But let me tell you, if you marry a good woman, by 9 pm she she wants her husband home and you must be home if you're not working you must be home so forget those friends stop practicing the thing now having to rent a house in somebody's house and your landlord says i lock my gate at eight and you get home and you are jumping. um this thing even the one paying rent and this boy in my house who doesn't pay rent doesn't pay anything you you, you get what i mean you understand what i'm talking about you listen if you're not doing anything Be at home. That's why you must build a functional family, not a dysfunctional family. That's why your home must be the best place for you. That's why your children must be your best friends, and your wife must be your best friend, and your husband must be your best friend, so that when you are home, you don't feel bored. I don't feel bored, this woman and I, we can chat, sir. We can talk, sir. She's asking me from my room all the time. She'll talk, talk, and, and then she'll be happy. They told me midnight. And you see, I'm not making me sleep. I have to get up and pray. Go, 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 go. They go, go, go to what I'm going to say. Um, but can, you, can we finish the discussion before you go? We are friends. Okay? Put us anywhere. We are the best of friends. The best of... We are not just married. We are best of friends the one you are married to cannot be your friend. You are finished. That's why people don't go home. Go home. Three, <laughs> three safest places on earth. Three safest places on earth where every wise person spends time. Your place of adjustment, your place of abundance and your place of abode. Spend your time here. Spend today here. You will succeed. Stop wandering around like Israel, and Israelite on the wilderness. Go home number three they decide what they want to do today on they decide what they want to do today on their values vision and victories they spend today on their values they build their values the core principles that that regulates their behavior Core principles it's one of my values that i don't drive a girl in my car because there are so many people who are so sick in their minds if they see one girl in front of my car who is not mommy listen daddy is chasing this girl Charlie, i saw daddy and this girl oh <laughs> you can see that daddy they chase the girl first you say i suspect daddy they chase the girl the next person he told to will go somewhere and say daddy is chasing the girl The next person will say, Charlie, I've seen daddy chasing this girl. The next person will say, Daddy is sleeping with this girl. The next person will say, This girl, can't you see the girl and mommy? The attention, there's tension. When we go to church, look, look, there's tension. They have killed you, they have finished you. But if I see a member of this church who is a girl standing by the roadside looking for a car, I'll give you money. I'll even sit in my car, call Uber for you, sit inside, I'll drive. It's part of my value system. Are you here? I don't have a girl secretary. My secretary, mommy says your the office they don't keep in me because you don't have a girl here. I say I don't want trouble. The way I work, tasks can stay with me up to 11 pm. If a girl comes to work for me and staying with me up to 11 pm, what will be the conclusion? Let the office be dirty, doesn't the team doesn't solve my my image. My chair I asked I ask I cry. Ah. Office a member, office, gangway. Mommy has to come and say, let the earth be clean, let the air be clean. My secretaries are men who work around me, close to me, everybody. Man, I don't want trouble. In a perverse generation, in a perverse generation, even if you smile with a woman. So now you know, most men of God have stopped taking pictures with ladies alone. I think I should introduce that. Once I went somewhere with the archbishop and the lady came. Papa, can I take a picture with you? He said, no problem. Come and join us. (laughs) We put the lady in our middle. The two of us are there. Go and tell somebody that these two men are my boyfriends. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody can just go and crop things and do things and create something right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, establish values. And don't let down those values. And keep to those values. For a sister, any man can hit your back, can hold your breast. Hey, sister! hey, And then you are laughing. Don't stop that. Don't stop that. You are, you, are, you are valueless. There is no value. All the brothers can just do anything they want to do. They know your story. You. The three brothers who are still to do, they are sat and discuss you. They are sat. Oh, I forgot this girl. Let me tell you. Men and sex is game. What's women sex is relationship. Let me tell you. And God showed this in the book of... Genesis, says, when he told a man, a man will leave his father and mother and will be clear to his wife. And will be clear to his wife. You know, it's the same thing Jesus told the disciples. If you want to follow me, you must hate your mother, hate your wife, hate your children and follow me. It's a sign of commitment. God was never in doubt of the woman's commitment. He would never gave the woman a condition for commitment. Only the man. You must leave your father and mother and be clear to your wife. When a woman is sleeping with you, she has marriage in mind, unless that woman is a prostitute. But when a man is sleeping with you, he has a game in mind. He wants to flaw you, he wants to do something, he wants you to scream and shout. And then when he finishes, go and tell the Arab people, Charlie, I flawed her. The way she was shouting, the way she was screaming, the way she was doing this. Oh, you are finished with her, you have with her Oh, me the last two weeks, last two weeks. So if you think you are nice, if you think you are nice, that's why the men are chasing you, are announcing to you, you are free. You are licentious. You are valueless. You pay nothing. They pay what do they pay? Nothing. They use you. Phone crawl, phone. iPhone cry. Who do you need iPhone 7? You are using iPhone 7 and yet you have slept with about 15 men in your life. You don't have a car. Look at Capim Polo. Look at Capim Polo. It was a taxi, they put him in, going to jail. No car. He was car- <laughs> hey, listen. Listen. Men play games. Even in the garden of Eden. God said, you men, I know you. You will play games. So you must show commitment. Leave your father, your mother, and cleave yourself to your wife. Commitment. God wanted commitment from a man. You don't get commitment from men who sleep with you. Keep your dignity. Establish your values. That's what wise men, wise women do. Establish your values. Then have a vision. Create your desired future image. Finally, Make sure you count your victories. Win. Achieve things. Make sure you have trophies in your hands. Let people see that this is what you have done with your life. You would think that all these years I'll spend at, at um, Pinter's Road. If I had nothing to show for, this woman would love me the way she loves me. But when love, likeness is... Some, some, some women like love of men, but they don't like them. I fall in love with you, but I don't like you. I don't like your behavior. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you are underperforming in life. I don't wait. I, I like the way you do this. If, but she, if all the two must go together. The woman must love you and not like you. Sometimes a woman will hit me and say, I love the man in you. It means I like the man in you. The things I do, she loves it. She, so she's, it's not only about the romantic love, there is also an appreciation and admiration. Of the things I do and what I've become. Are you here? Sometimes she's going to family meeting and he will you go with me. I said, It's your family. Oh, Yanko, Yanko. She's so proud of me. Yeah, yeah. She's proud of me. She wants to work with me. She wants to showcase me. Sometimes your wife wants to hide you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why is she going to tell her friends? You are there. Your wife is developing herself, building herself, building a certain kind of network are oh, and low, low thinking, low um, um, life. All your friends are low thinkers and low life people. And <laughs> I mean, so she's not proud to introduce you. What the friends will ask you. So what do you do? What school did you go to? As your maybe What to you say? Nonsense man. You are you are watching a movie with your wife and you are asking her, No, Papa, Please forgive me. Today is the last session. And then power, power, power. Are you getting blessed? Are you getting blessed? we travel, travel mommy, and I meet this white professor. I'm negotiating. The mommy is sitting by me, and I'm negotiating. I, I love the, the only person I want to impress in my life is my wife. Oh. It keeps the marriage ongoing. But I'm I marrying mommy as if she's still my girlfriend. I'm married as if she's still my girlfriend. I haven't gotten familiar with her. I'm marrying her. We are still in our romantic uh, our honeymoon. We are still dating and courting. Hey, She <that's at his house> <that's> go to meetings. meeting, she's sitting by me, she's doing the negotiation. Back, 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 and then we finish everything. And then we sit in the car, The wisdom God has given you, you see. Abrantia, Abrantia, Abrantia. Abrantia. Sometimes as we are driving to our hotel, I said, "This one, day, you have to appreciate me. I've done a deal that will secure the future of this family. I need appreciation. What kind of appreciation?" I said, "You know now, you know." Total on our way, I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's park through this shop and buy a new bedsheet." He said, "For what?" I said, "For appreciation. Let's go." Anybody, we have plenty bedsheet. I said, "I just signed a new deal, and you are asking, you are telling me we have." new new deals require new bedsheets let's get new bedsheets and go i, I make that i make i make my marriage look good and feel good okay okay let me finish here it's a serious point young man like you are marrying your wife like an old man I want to sleep with your wife god say Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh. your wife is sleeping. Then you pull her like this. You're, you're pulling her down. The son not saying, "What do you want?" First, me foul. Your father was even. Your father was even more romantic. <laughs> okay, okay. Number seven, just close in now. Just close in now. Are you here? Okay, so seven is power. Power. I know everybody wants to be powerful, but but we don't know how to become powerful. And I want to show you something. I want to show you something. You see, you don't get power. You. You don't take power, you get power. You don't take power, you get power. A good father didn't take power. That would be a coup. Cool. He got power, people gave it to him. Power is always with someone who can give it to you. But in a business school, the power is in my hands. I can make somebody powerful in a business school. You, you, you get it? Uh huh. So, so, I want to show you. Now, look at this scripture very carefully. Esther chapter 9, verse 4. Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation spread throughout the provinces and he became more and more powerful. Who was this Mordecai? He was a security man at the gate of the king. How did he become prominent in the palace? His reputation spread throughout the provinces and he became more and more powerful. How did he become more and more powerful? I want to show you something. ladies and gentlemen. I want to show you something now I'll end here. How to become powerful. How to become powerful. You can never become... Okay, okay, let, Let's see. Go to the next slide, let me show you something. Now, here it is. I want to show you how he became powerful. How he became powerful. So this is how he became powerful. Esther chapter 2, verse 21 to 22. During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Where? The king's gate. B, Bitani, Bitani, and Teresh. Two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway became angry. Stop there. Don't read ahead of me. Became angry. Why did they become angry? The Bible doesn't say. Became angry and conspired to assassinate, the, to assassinate King Sazes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther who in turn reported it to the king giving credit to Mordecai. Hey, hold on. They became angry and the Bible doesn't say why they became angry. Because they became angry on flimsy excuses. I, as a leader, have found people around me who are angry. And I don't understand. Why are they angry? Why is somebody I pay a month, I pay every month, become angry and begin to show me attitude? (laughs) I look at it and I've come to one conclusion. People around leaders, when you start developing a sense of entitlement, that you deserve a certain attention and a certain reward. You end up becoming bitter. But you can never get better than the person you become bitter against. These people became angry. Why would they become angry against the king? Probably they feel they have sat at the gate too long. We were here before Haman came. And we are still at the gate. And Haman is now dining with the king. And we are still at the gate. We are still at the gate. We are still at the gate. You are still at the gate because the certificate you brought, that made you a gate man. It's that same certificate you are still keeping. Certificate of gatemanship. is what you brought. How do I, che- how do I make you a, 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 a bedroom attendant when you are a certificate, certificate of gatemanship? It's the same thing, the same work, the same performance, the same ideas, the same thing you do. Nothing has changed. So, what is the problem? Listen, when you are with a leader who keeps changing and you are not changing, there's something wrong with you. I tell you, when your leader keeps getting better and you are not getting better, there is something wrong with you. You must check yourself instead of getting angry. Still you know the people you must run away from? People who are around powerful people who have become angry and are bitter and are saying bad things about the person they are around. If anybody who is close to me comes to you and says something bad about me to you, begin to fear that person. Why are you still around the man? If, that man is, if this man is this bad, why are you still around him? If you are not getting anything from this man, why are you still around him? If we are not achieving anything from this man, why are you struggling? These people, they love their work so much at the gate. They know they can go nowhere. Now, instead of them resigning, they want to kill their king. Why don't you resign? Why don't you go? If you believe that you are not getting your due, go! Don't hang around a powerful man, especially a man God has blessed and start telling people, become bitter, become angry, and start telling people things about the man. I'm telling you, one day you get there, you see one of them. The kind of oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not only pastors, so You see, God is a God of principles. And God respects authority. Even if authority, authority is worldly, God still respects it. God still honors it and God respects it and they value it. I remember when, of Gabra was ambassador to the United States. That was when Rollins beat Akka. They said Rollins kicked Akka and beat Akka. The two of them are dead, so we can. Rollins beat Akka and Akka A- was the vice president of Ghana then. And then spiel Gabra was asked, So, what did Americans say? He said, For Americans, loyalty is the most important. If your vice president, not come to your cabinet meeting or come to your cabinet meeting and go and leak the secret and you beat him. americans don't care because for them loyalty is important anybody who has ever been a leader or has the potential to become a leader or there's something we call the spirit of leadership one day i'll teach you the spirit of leadership you don't learn it you don't learn it in business schools the spirit of leadership eh, when it's upon you you are you are the first thing the manifestation of the spirit of leadership is loyalty Joshua had the spirit of leadership. There were two spirits on Joshua. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of leadership. And Joshua's loyalty to Moses was amazing. He selected 70 elders. He did not select him. Yet he didn't feel offended. He didn't feel offended. He was the one serving Moses. He was not selected. He didn't feel offended. Okay. There were people prophesying in the tent. Joshua was standing by Moses at the tent. Well, in the house. He didn't go to prophesy. He was there. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. 40 nights. The people turned to other gods. Joshua was waiting for Moses down there. Because he had the spirit of leadership. The spirit of leadership starts with loyalty. So anybody you see who become a great leader, you see loyalty. The second is service. The person is always looking for opportunity to serve. They, Joseph, was so loyal to the, to the boss. He was a slave home, so loyal to the boss that the wife said, sleep with me. Say no. Never. Never. One boy came to live in our house. Then went to the yellow house. And the boys were talking. They were talking in the house. And then they were to tell about the girls to marry. And this boy said, oh, for me, I want a girl who has like mommy shape. That time mommy was slim and I like women with mommy shape. The thing came to my attention. <laughs> I said, You are already looking at my wife's shape in this house. Find somewhere and go. Papa, papa, pa From my house. Find somewhere and go. You are not going to stay here. As long as you can do anything, but the father, that, that intention has come to his mind. You want a woman like my wife's shape? Nonsense. Go and look for a woman like your mother's shape. <laughs> are you here? No, listen. These people conspired to kill the king. And Mordecai, who was a gate man like them, went and reported it to the king. Went and reported it to the Esther, and Esther told the king it was written down. That save the king. Why wasn't Mordecai part of the assassination plan, even though he was part of the gatekeepers? Why was he not bitter? Because he knew that I came here with a certificate of gatemanship. I don't have a sense of entitlement. I don't have a sense of entitlement. It was this, that one night the king couldn't sleep. He said, bring me the book of uh, Chronicles. He took it, started going through and realized that, ah, this person who saved me from this, what was done for him? Nothing. Bring him, let him honor him. The way Mordecai rose from the king's gate, became the most prominent man in the palace, was because when people was, were bitter, it got better. Are you here? Never work under anybody and become jealous of the person's development and the person's growth and the person's this thing. But the person will still grow without you. The person will still become big without you. Even Rollins who founded NDC, NDC still won power without Rollins when he said he will not campaign for them. When I leave a crowd business school, it will even grow better. If I leave this church, probably the next person who will take over will even make it better. I'm told that any time I travel, chess gets sweeter. But no, I'm no, not here, because a good leader, when in your absence, things must have done better. Are you here with me? You want to get to where Modigal got to, become prominent and powerful. Never stay under any leader and undermine that leader. Never become angry under any leader. Never become bitter under any leader. If your bitterness is making you angry. Walk away from the leader nicely. Seek his blessing. Let him bless you and walk away nicely. or become better than you. But if you have nowhere to go and you stay around, shut your mouth up and ask the Lord to help you take out bitterness from your heart. Because it will kill you, will destroy you, will crush you. Like, cause this, look at their name, Tani and Teresh. If you have a bad name, you behave badly. God bless you. Thank you for spending the night with me. Rise on your feet. Begin to pray. Begin to pray that, Father, give me these seven pillars.